Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord that's here today. He's always present. He wants to do something. So God bless you for being here today. You may be seated. I'd like to take your Bible and turn to the book of Jonah, third chapter, 2 and 10. We're going to minister about prayer and fasting. Prayer and faith and expectation. Ephesians 3.20, the last part of that, that God is able to do more than what you ask or expect according to the power that worketh in us. So we got to have some power inside of us and faith inside of us when we pray. Prayer is a privilege. Prayer is something that's joyful because God has ordained prayer for us to pray unto him and he will answer our prayers. So let's look at this this morning, prayer and fasting. Jonah 3 and uh, verse 2, reading down. Of course, the Lord had done spoke to Jonah twice and he's having a hard time getting his attention. And he arises and goes to Nineveh, that great city. He preached unto them the preaching that I bade them. So Jonah rose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly great city, three days journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city in a day's journey. He cried, Forty days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth, well, the words of sackcloth means goat's hair. Took off their outer garments and put this goat hair next to them. From the greatest then into the least of them. And the word came unto the king of Nineveh. He rose from his throne. He laid aside his robe. He covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. That's the type of humiliation. Humbled myself before God. And he called to be proclaimed published throughout all of Nineveh, the decree of the king, and all of his noblemen, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink, but land and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. And let them turn every one from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent, turn away from his fierce anger, and we perish not? And God saw their works that had turned from evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. Nineveh was one of the most working cities at that time on the face of this earth. Now, he sends Jonah down there to tell them, and no doubt they have heard how God had destroyed the first world by water because of their wickedness and their evilness, and how God had burned Sodom and Gomorrah 
because of their evil and their wickedness. When Rahab talked to the two spies, they said, We've heard of your God and what he's done for you and all the countries that he's destroyed as you come through it for your sake. No doubt they'd heard that what God had said would come true. The scripture said when they heard the word of God, they believed. And then they went into action. They went into action. Forty days and you shall be overthrown. In other words, in 40 days, I'm going to destroy you. We find in chapter 4 and verse 11, in verse 3 of chapter 3, said it was an exceedingly great city. Exceedingly great city. It had a number of 120,000 people in this city. God said, I'm going to destroy you. Immediately, they repented. How many believe at times we need to get a spiritual checkup? Huh? Went to see Dr. Dan Nichols the other day, and he said, it's been three years since you've been here. Let's give you the works. Let's uh, x-ray your lungs, your heart. Let's do all the blood tests it takes. Let's see. After he was through, he said, well, you're in good shape. You're in good shape. David said, examine me and see if there be any wicked ways in me. Only God can examine us and tell whether there's something missing spiritually in our lives. These people, evil, wicked people. I never realized how wicked they was until we went to some friends at, um, and saw the show Jonah and how they read some things about that city. They were very wicked. But when they heard the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. One can hear the word of God and never be a doer of the word. They heard the word immediately. They went into action. The king stripped off of his royal robes and their outer garments and wrapped himself in goat's hair and set in ashes and repented that every man from the greatest to the least repent whether God will turn and not destroy us we don't know but there's one thing we do know we're going to seek God and they sought the Lord and the Lord saw their works and he repented and said, I'm not going to destroy the city. Now, it made Jonah mad. He got mad because these people believed God and repented, and they proclaimed a fast, and the king rose and humbled himself. Let me read verse 7 and 8 here. Um, when will my soul faint within me? I remember the Lord in my prayer came unto me, unto the holy temple. And they observed the lying vanities, forsaking their own mercy. Job was, Jonah was saying that while he was in the belly as well. But when they repented, 
Jonah said, now I know you's going to do that. He said, I know you are a gracious God. How many know and believe that God is a gracious God? Have you experienced in your life that God is a gracious God? He said, I know, chapter 4 and verse 2. He said, I know that you are a gracious God. He was aggravated because he went through all that to get down there. And then we preached that message and God repented. How many of you know it's not God's will for anybody to perish? It's not his will. That's not in his plan. When his plan for these evil people to perish. Listen to the rich mercy of God found in Ephesians 1 and 7. Grace and exceedingly abundant. 1 Timothy 14. I mean, believe that you have the favor of God, not just the favor of God, but exceedingly abundant favor of God. That's what happened to these people when they repented in sackcloth and ashes. Then we find another verse that says in Romans 5, 17, much more they which receive abundance of grace shall reign in this life by one, Jesus Christ. God never intended for us to be filled with the Spirit of God and be ruled by the powers of darkness. He intended for us to reign in this life by the Spirit and the power of Christ that's in our lives. The devil should not be ruling us. We should be ruling him. Our troubles should not rule us. We should rule our troubles. We're the one that's in charge and not he's in charge. Sister Seuss told a little story this morning. She got aggravated trying to put some tennis balls on a Clyde walker. She couldn't get it on there. So she went to done something else. She said, Lord, you got to help me. And she went back and them things just slipped right up on there. When we put God first in our lives and make him number one in our lives and everything that we do as they did and God decided not to destroy them, because of that. The Bible said in Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all. Healing all. Everybody else say that with me. Healing all that was oppressed of the devil and God was with him. It's not God's will for Christians to be oppressed of the devil. It's his will for us to take charge and rule and reign in this life. Because God is a gracious God, and not only that, he's a merciful God. He cares about us. He cares about everything we do in our lives. So he wants to help us do these things. He went on to say that God is gracious. He longs to help others. And not only that, he's merciful. I'm really glad that God is merciful. And he is slow to anger. Slow to anger. He's not easily angered. But it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. But he's slow to anger. He's merciful. Isaiah 58 and 6 says, Is not this the fast I that I have chosen to loose the bonds of the wicked, to undo the bands of the yoke, and let the oppressed go free that you may break every yoke. Hmm? That's what they did. They fasted. And they broke the bounds of evil that was on them. 
and they destroyed every yoke that had them bound by evil things. By how? By fasting and what? Praying. They tell me, Brother Johnny Waters, when they fasted and prayed, he was a farmer. He would put all of his cows and stock in the barn, and as long as him and his wife fast, they what? Them animals fast. Curtis Hancock used to fast, and when he fast, he, made, he, he loved to hunt. He had hunting dogs. He made them dogs do what? Fast. That's what they did here. They made all the animals, everything they had, from the goats to the rabbits, whatever they had. I mean, we don't know how many days they fasted, but they fasted until they heard from God. And when they heard from God, i tell you that was a joyful thing when they heard the voice of God. I repent. I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do because you fasted and prayed. Prayer should never be a burden. It should never be something we dread to do. It ought to be something we're glad to do because that's what God has given us to pray in a joyful way and unto the Lord and what he will do for us. Nineveh fasted and they loosed the bounds of their wickedness. They undid the bounds of, that had them bound in the yoke and they was let go free. It was God that did it. Amen. Your fasting and praying moves God. God has to do the work. We can't do it. But he will do it when we fast and pray. They broke every yoke. And verse 8 of uh, Isaiah said, Then shall your light break through. Their light broke through after they fasted and prayed. And all their animals fasted and prayed. I imagine there's a lot of mooing going on, a lot of pigs squealing. But when they get hungry, they start crying out. But they was crying out to God. Isaiah 6 and 6 and 1 says, Arise to a new life and shine, the radiant of the glory of the Lord. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So we have the glory of the Lord. David and his men had been off fighting the Philistines, and they come home. And their hometown was burned to the ground, nothing left. Their families were gone, the children and wives, zigzag, everything was burned to the ground. And the Bible said, and they wept until they could weep no more. Have you ever been in such a strait that you wept when you couldn't weep no more? No more tears would come. They wept. They'd been in battle and war. They are physically strained and empty with no strength. Their mind is devastated now. Their spirit is crushed on inside them. But the Bible said, And David encouraged himself in the Lord. How many hear that sometimes you have to talk to yourself? I talk to myself. 
Sometime when I used to work, they'd say, hey, Dupree, who are you talking to? I say, I'm talking to the Lord. Sometimes I'd tell them I'm talking to myself. We not need to be ashamed of who we are. Huh? If we're ashamed of who we are, then God's going to be ashamed of us. And the Bible said, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. His men picked up stones, was fixing to start stoning him. But he encouraged himself in the Lord. He told the priest, bring me the ethob. And the Bible said, and the priest brought it to him and gave it to him. Now, no one is supposed to wear the lentil ethob but the priest. But David entreated the Lord. I mean, no, it's one thing to encourage yourself in the Lord, but it's another thing to entreat the Lord. You go to the Lord. He has all power. He has all authority in heaven and earth. He shakes heaven and he'll shake earth. And he sought the Lord. He's encouraged now to seek the Lord. He seeks the face of God. The face of God in the Bible means you seek in his favor. When the Bible said, seek my face, it means to seek my favor. How many believe that you need the favor of God? We need the favor of God in everything we do. We need the favor of God. And he was seeking the Lord, and the Lord tell him they was having a conversation. Prayer should not be telling God what you want. That, that's a wrong concept of prayer. Prayer is a two-way communication. Amen? I'm going to have to amen myself. But that, that's what it is. You pray, and then you wait, and you listen to hear from God. He prayed, and he talked to God. And he said, God, do you want me to pursue? Oh, I'll tell you one of the greatest words he'd ever heard in a long time when the voice of God said, David, pursue. I feel in my spirit here lately, it's time, past time, for the church to rise up and pursue the promises of God, what he's already told us. We have to pursue it. When the devil comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. But sometimes we're going to have to do what? Pursue. Now, he's going to pursue the people had just burned his city down and left it all in ashes and stolen his wives and his children. And God said, David, pursue. How many can hear that this morning in your spirit? God telling you to pursue. And then he adds something else to it. He said, and David, ye shall recover all things. If you've lost something, the devil has stole something from you, don't be crying what the devil stole them. Pursue. God says you shall recover all things. Read the book of Joel, the last few chapters. He said what the canker worms ate, I sent it to eat. I sent all these worms to eat and chew on you. Notice that. He said, I sent it to you, but now I have given you back everything that they have chewed on. Oh, God. David had to kill the lion. That means the flesh. He had to kill the bear. That means the world. Before we can face our Goliath, 
there's got to be the death of our flesh. And before we can face Goliath, the giant of our lives, there's got to be the death to the world. And nothing but God in our minds and our hearts and our lives seeking God. David, rise up and pursue the people. Come on. Come on, David, rise up, pursue the people that's burned your city and stolen everything you have. Rise up and go after them. I am with you. You know, if God is for us, what can be against us? Huh? And God is for us. He got up, got his men together, his 600 men of value, and on the way, 200 said, we can't go no further. We're exhausted. We're going to have to stay here. David said, that's all right. Leave them some water and leave them some food, and we'll be back. How many of you like that word? The people has already destroyed his city and burned his city. And not only that, they had burned Judah, and they'd taken all of Judea's people captive. But he hears the voice of God, pursue, and you shall what? Listen, how many believe that God can cause you to recover everything you've ever lost? It don't make no difference what it is. He can cause you to recover it. Praise God. He's the God of recovery. And on his way, he found a boy. Was almost dead. Hadn't had nothing to eat and drink for three days. And he asked him, said, where are you from? He said, I'm an Egyptian. My master have left me behind because I've got sick and died. I mean, you know, when you get not available to God... When the devil gets through with you, he's going to leave you behind to die. When he robs you and steals you, the next thing he's going to leave you behind to die. He's not going to look after you. Don't let to be deceived by the devil. The Bible tells us not to be ignorant of his devices. He left this Egyptian boy behind to die. David gave it. How many of you God can put some people in our paths on our journey that can help us find our enemy? Who would believe the dying boy had the answer to where the them people were? This dying Egyptian had him. He gave him some water and gave him some food and gave him some fig cakes, and he regained his strength. And David said, do you know where they went or where they are? He said, I know the way, and I know where they are. He said, will you take me there? He said, I will take you there provided you don't turn me back over to my master. Oh, church, don't never look back. Amen. Listen, what you left behind, you don't want to look back. You don't never want to go back to that old master that you once have and once you lived under because your time will be worse than it's ever been before. Amen. How do you think you were bad when you came in? You go back, you're going to be a lot worse. Don't turn me over to my master. David said, I swear unto you, I won't do it. And don't you to swear unto me that you won't kill me. He said, I swear. Now take me where they are. And he led them. Don't never disregard somebody that may not look like much coming in your life, may have that answer from God where you need to go. Hmm? There's a generation coming before the Lord comes. It's the Lazarus generation. that God is going to raise up. When Lazarus was called from the grave, what did he have on? Grave clothes. 
the man that came down here and introduced us to kid zones, he told us emphatically, certain age that you get to the kid zone, whatever you do, don't bring them to church because they're not ready for that type of an environment. Church, there's going to be some people that God's going to pull out of the grave, snatch them out by fire. They're going to have their soul delivered, but they're going to have some habits that's going to frustrate some of us. They're going to have habits that they don't get rid of for quite a while. They still got that grave clothes on. They still got that attitude on. They still got things that they can't get rid of. But with us being patient with them and giving them a little food and water, giving them a little raisin cakes, they're going to be able to help us to conquer our enemy. And the Bible said, and David and his men went down there, and there these men were covered all over the earth, the Scripture said. They was having them a big ball and a party, a dancing and carrying on. And the Bible said, and David slew them all. He slew every one of them. He picked up the spoils that they had gotten from Ziglag and also had gotten from Judea. He picked up all them spoils and came back home. But on the way back home, he came by where the 200 he'd left laying there. And these 400 men had told these 200, said, y'all can't have nothing to do with this. You didn't fight in the battle, and we're not going to give you anything. But David said, listen here, that's not right. How many believe there's going to be some that come in the last hour, and they're going to be inherited the same inheritance we get? Come on now. That, that, that's a sign of the last revival. Even Jesus taught that. They grumbled because they worked for the heat of the day, and they, these others that came in the last hour got the same reward. Hallelujah. Brother Cox said one time, said, I don't care if God lets everybody in. That's his business. That's not our business, who God is going to let in. And there he came and told him, said, listen, brother, this is not right. And I want you to notice what he said. God delivered them into our hand. How many of you know that, hallelujah, John the Baptist says you have not received anything except you received it from God. David said, God delivered them in our hand. That's the reason we was victorious. They're going to get the same share that we get. We're going to divide it equally. And he took the spoil that they got from Judah and carried it back and gave it to them. When you pray, God is not interested in the position you are when you pray. You can pray, and I'll read you some scripture. You can pray sitting down just as well as you can on your knees. Normally in the Bible, they prayed standing up, but that's not the only way they prayed. The Bible said, Bible said, Hannah prayed. Her lips were moving, but nothing coming out. Nothing coming out. And the scripture said it was her heart that was praying. It doesn't matter what position you get in, you're not going to touch God. Your heart is what touches and moves God. It's the heart that God is looking after. The heart. 
the woman that's son had died and she rode the donkey and told the driver said drive this donkey don't remind me drive this donkey Normally a driver was somebody that run behind with a iron pen was sharpened on it one end and poking the donkey in the rear end keeping him running said drive the donkey don't mind me but what was she crying all the way all is what well listen it doesn't matter what position you're in but it matters what position our hearts in and this woman's heart was after God to raise that boy from the dead she was going after him listen hallelujah you can pray standing up you can pray sitting down you can pray lying down Moses fell down in the dust of the dirt of the earth and stretched forth his hands and prayed to God to save a nation of three million people and God saved a nation God saves when people praise and call upon God he saves what about the woman of the issue of blood this woman was weak she was very weak she spent all the money she had and she kept getting worse but she said within herself as she went when I touch the hem of his garment I'm gonna be what notice as she went she was what praying praying this lady told me this story from Atlanta her son was sick critical ill in Texas Hospital she read in the Bible about call for the elders of the church anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith shall raise them up and the Lord shall raise them up so she called some of the elders of the church where she attended and they said we don't believe in that we don't practice that she said well I want y'all to go with me and they said we're not going so she said I'm going anyhow and on her way up there one of the elders got to thinking about it went and read that scripture got in his vehicle and met her up there in that hospital room they went in there anointed that boy with oil and prayed over him and that boy got up out of there and went home I want you to know that God is the God of the healing I don't want you to just think about healing your flesh but he healed your mind healed your spirit he heals everything about you he wants you totally completely whole because that's where he lives he lives there amen praise God hallelujah And as soon as she took the hem of his garment, what happened? What happened? And Jesus said, virtue, power has gone out of me. I felt something just go out of me. And they said, well, Master, everybody's touching you. Multitudes were touching him. Multitudes was praying. Multitudes was asking for healing. But only one got healed because one had it in the heart. Listen, we got to learn to get this in our heart. It's got to be in our heart. According to the power that worketh in you, in our heart, in faith in God, believe when we pray, we're going to receive. How many believe you're going to receive when you pray? You're expecting something to happen when you pray, when you talk to God. She received what she had. Second Samuel, I believe it is verse 30, chapter 30. The Bible said, And David went into the tabernacle. He went into the tabernacle and he sat down. He sat down. 
I mean, no, you can pray just as good sitting there where you are as you can standing up or down around the altar. And I'm not saying you shouldn't come around the altar, but I'm saying the heart's got to get right with God. And the Bible said, and David sat down and he prayed unto God. And God heard his prayer while he was sitting there. He was just sitting there. Sometimes you too weak to stand up. Is that right? Sometimes your legs are too weak. Sometimes you're physically too weak. I, don't, I want to encourage you this morning. Don't be ashamed because you sit there and everybody else is standing up. Your prayer may be the one that's touching the throne of glory. Because when you pray from your heart, how many believe, know that you can pray as you're driving down the road? You're sitting in your car and you're driving down the road and you're praying. That's just as effective. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Early church didn't have wooden altars like we have. They didn't have wooden altars. An altar in the New Testament, Christ is our altar. And wherever we are, that's where he is. I wouldn't do it today because I'd lost my nerve. When I first got in the church, we lived at Knight's Bluff. And there's a lot of ground rattlers. Fishunt had a little old dog. Man, he could find, she could find them ground rattlers. But I used to didn't have no place to pray. I'd go down in the woods and crawl up under a bush and pray. Had no fear of rattlers. I wouldn't do that now, you know, because fear done overtook my heart on them snakes. But I want you to know when you pray, God's going to do something. Amen? Can I have them? Amen? When you pray, I don't care if you're sitting down, you're laying down. Hallelujah. Your whole physical body, your mentally, spiritually, you're drained. You entreat the face of God, and God will hear your prayer, and he will answer your prayer, and he will tell you what to do. David, pursue, and ye shall do what? All. He didn't say you're going to just get part of it back. He said you're going to get what? All back. How much? All. Dr. Larry Lee said his father was an alcoholic. His mother told him one day, he said, Larry, I have no more faith that he'll be saved. I prayed so long, I'm weary. He said, I'm going to divorce him. And Larry said, Mama, don't divorce him. I've got the faith. I've got the faith. He was driving down the road. His daddy was driving down the road one day, him and his mother. He pulled off the side of the road and got out of the car and got over in the grass and got out on the grass on his knees and began to cry like a baby. His wife went over and said, what's wrong with you? He said, I got to repent. I want you to know when God hears your prayers, he's talking recovery. He's talking that your prayer will affect somebody else that you don't think would ever come into the kingdom of God. Who would ever thought these none of us would ever come into the kingdom of God? I tell you, you might be sitting beside them when you get to heaven. I wonder what would happen if God's people would get together and fast and pray like Nineveh did, 120,000 people. I wonder what would happen if the righteous would get together and pray like that, unite like that, hear the Word of God, and believe the Word of God, and act on the Word of God. If they begin to pray, as we pray, they're going to come, and if you want to pray, we're going to pray. David recovered all. He recovered everything. He got it all back.
Joshua had come and told Moses his Eldad and Medad is still down there in the temple of the meetings and they're still prophesying. And Moses said, while you envy for my sake, I would that everybody prophesy. In First Chronicles, Paul said he wished everybody would do what? Prophesy. What did God tell Ezekiel to do to the dry bones? Prophesy. Start telling what you want to see happen in the wonderful blessings of God. Praise God. You don't prophesy and watch God do something. Go prophesy. Tell of the good things of God. The wonderful God. I stand to be corrected. That was Second Samuel 7 and 8. Daniel went into the David went into the temple and sat down and began to talk to God just sitting there talking to God praise God amen if you don't feel like standing don't stand don't, don't, don't let anybody promote you to stand if you don't feel like it just let your heart be toward God Sometimes the Bible said they cried aloud with loud voices. And sometimes they were silent before God. But God hears the faintest cry, the faintest prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise As they God. sang, glory to God.